Firing Back is brought to you in part by Wilson Combat, the largest custom 1911 firearm and accessory producer in the industry. Check them out at wilsoncombat.com. You are listening to Firing Back, a Gun Owners of America podcast. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Firing Back, the podcast that is keeping you armed for the challenges ahead. As always, I'm your host, Eric Pratt, Executive Director of Gun Owners of America, and I'm joined once again with my co-host, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, it is good to see you again. And it's great to be back as always, folks. Scott, go ahead and give out the full disclaimer. We only go farther because of your support. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Helps us trend, helps us get this message out to the people that won't just enjoy it, but maybe just need some tender love and care, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. The episode is titled, Oh, the Irony, which makes me think we're going to get some humor involved as we look into the lives of some of the crazy, wacko anti-gunners. And Yes, we do. Uh, now, as long as their stupidity and hypocrisy doesn't get anyone hurt. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the problem with the anti-gun agenda. It gets people killed at worst or living in, in fear at best. I, I mean, I suppose that if anti-gunners were only hurting themselves, it wouldn't be so bad. But like many of the ironies of life, no one gets hurt. And, and usually you just laugh because after all, it's just it's kind of funny. You laugh at us. We laugh at you. Our jokes are funnier, but we can argue about that later. So, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is this is just really stupid when I look at it. Did you know that the most shoplifted book is the Bible? I yep. mean, if you're going to start with something, I mean, guess guess to go for the most you're right. That, thing the, you could possibly think the, of. That is pretty odd and ironic, I must say. Yeah. Er, okay, h- how about this? The founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, on his deathbed, he went ahead and asked for a glass of whiskey, and he was denied by his nurse. Probably oh because it, Probably because it wasn't Virginia whiskey. <laughs> it was that watered-down Tennessee stuff, but, you yeah. know, that, that's another thing. That's harsh, man. I mean, or what about—I don't know if you saw the recent Google study— they reported on the words that are the most often misspelled words. And guess what's the number one word that is misspelled by the people of Wisconsin? It's I, I know what it's not. And it's not Packers. Um, you, you got I mean, football's like a religion in that state. Uh, uh, can I get like super cheesy here and say cheese? Uh, 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 oh, well uh. done, Remzo. Yeah, that that was Gouda. <laughs> but uh, no, you're wrong. Sorry, I couldn't resist there, buddy. That, it's 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 getting cheesy. No pun intended. Well, I see what you did there, Remzo. But sorry, my pun was cheddar than yours. Oh, God, just just stop. <laughs> just just get just get back on to it. Yeah, please. back to our regularly scheduled program. So, what is the most misspelled word in Wisconsin? It's Wisconsin. I mean, how's that for irony? It's like forgetting the names of one of your children. And then again, you know, my mom does that regularly. She'll call me Ryan. And the next thing she'll call Ryan Remso. And then sometimes she'll just be like, well, I remember the dog's name. Doesn't that count? And we're like, no, no, it really well, At it least really you don't doesn't. get called by the dog's name. Or does that happen too? That That's happened. Oh, well. It's a female name too. So it just gets really <laughs> awkward. I just kind of stare. She stares. And it's like, that's not how I identify right now. But, you know, I hope no one from Wisconsin goes on the, do you know more than the fifth grader grand tour recently when they have to, you know, spell out the states. But at, at least, you know. At least you can know whether or not they could spell their state names. But anyway, but before you ask me to spell the word, which don't, just let's, let's move on with things. Let's not embarrass ourselves with more uh, 
you know, Gouda comedy. Ah, wow. Oh, I, I bombed. Now down. you're getting into it. It's it's ah, it's like cancer. Ah, oh, gosh, you, you, you've entitled it. Oh, the irony. So what what are we gonna talk about? Well, we're going to be looking at several ironies in the life of a prominent anti-gunner. She's actually relatively famous or perhaps infamous, depending on your point of view. And so we'll look at her life and her views, but compare them to that of another prominent woman who has taken a totally different approach to the issue of firearms. And so in comparing the two, we're going to see that there's no shortage of ironies when anti-gunners do and say dumb things. You know, speaking of ironies really fast, remember that in our first podcast for this volume, Yankee Fist, we, we talked about a bunch of bedwetters who were freaking out because there was a teacher in Georgia who recently took some kids to a gun range. Yes. So they could better understand historical characters like Annie Oakley and Davy Crockett. The The irony is that a lot of times when you actually get an anti-gunner to the range, their perspective totally changes. Unless you're that reporter that said he got PTSD from firing an AR-15. It hurt my shoulder and my feelings. <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean, there's nothing like holding a finely tuned handgun for the first time, which is one reason that I'm so high on freaking Wilson Combat 1911s. So let me tell you, whether you're a beginner or a concealed carry holder, Wilson Combat is the expert's choice in the highest quality, highest performing handguns in the world. From their custom Glock and Beretta handguns to their huge line of hand-built 1911s. And trust me, folks, it's a huge line. There are many sizes and calibers. Uh, Wilson Combat has a handgun that is right for you. Go to wilsoncombat.com. That's W-I-L-S-O-N combat.com. And take a look at their new groundbreaking EDC X9 defensive handgun. It's a hybrid, high-capacity 1911 that has raised the bar for concealed carry handgun performance. So getting back to the topic, Eric, you know, we were just starting to talk about some of the prominent anti-gunners and, you know, some of the irony surrounding their views. So let's get on with that. Well, the person in question is Mrs. B. She's a committed anti-gun lefty, and she frequently discusses the gun issue with her cohort, Joseph, although they're often actually on opposite sides of the political spectrum when it comes to guns. Now, Mrs. B was the daughter of an immigrant who had lived in Poland during the rise of the Nazis. Her grandfather was a a kind of freedom fighter and had helped Jews escape the clutches of Nazis in Europe. So no doubt when Mrs. B's father emigrated to America, he came with a real hatred for tyranny, given that he had seen it up close. In fact, he later became the national security advisor in a presidential administration here in the United States. Now, I'm not specifically aware of what his views on gun control were, but there is no doubt where his daughter stands on the issue. Again, Mrs. B is on the far left of the gun control debate. She's a Democrat, and she is as anti-gun as they come. And whenever she and Joseph have discussed the issue, she has let them know how strongly she disagrees with them because she has rejected the idea that a gun could ever be used to save lives. I mean, that's her view. But her views resulted in quite an ironic twist in 2007. Now, that was the year of the Virginia Tech shooting, right? Absolutely it was. That's right. I I, I do remember that. I I was watching TV with my mom. It was actually right before we moved to Virginia from Texas. And um, 
you know, that that's where that creep went into one of the buildings there and, you know, chained the door shut so no one could get in or out. I'm, I'm thinking about the same one. right? Yeah. Now. Oh, okay. awful story. And by the way, I would point out that right there you see the first irony, just what you were mes- mentioning, because from a gun controller's perspective, Virginia Tech should have been a safe place, right? I mean, no guns were allowed on campus by any civilian whatsoever, but the exact opposite was true. They they weren't safe at all because as soon as an armed gunman came onto the campus and entered the building, he was the only guy with a gun. And as a result, 32 people were murdered and many more were injured. Gosh, I mean, I, I remember a few years ago, you debated the survivor of that Virginia Tech shooting in a college internship type of setting. How, how'd that go, Eric? Yeah, he was one of the survivors. And actually, it was a very lively debate, but I think it, it went pretty well. I wasn't there for that debate. From what I was able to see online and you know, from your newsletter, you reported that there was some great feedback from some of the pro-gun students that attended. They said that your facts and stories really made a difference in the minds of the anti-gun teenagers that attended and that they were frustrated because they couldn't punch any holes in your argument. Well, you know, I'm glad that GOA was there to help equip them because there really are good, solid answers to the arguments the other side raises. And I really feel for the pro-gun students there, though. I mean, there were hundreds of teenagers in the audience, but less than one in five were pro-gun. Oh, man. I mean, what's an example of some of the give and take you got from that debate? Do you remember? Uh, Yeah. You know, I asked my opponent, uh, what gun law would have prevented tragedies like the one which at that point was one of the recent ones, the Sandy Hook tragedy? And so I listed several gun control proposals that he would no doubt support. And I kept asking him, so which of these laws would have prevented that shooter from having a gun? And each time he had no answer, all he could say was, well, we have to do something. I I think we were joking about it. We said, well, why not just outlaw murder everywhere? But I mean, there's always, that's always their answer. We have to do something. And and by the way, that, that sounds like the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over and over yeah. again, but expecting different results. Exactly right. And, and it is insane. But going back to 2007, there was another shooting that resulted in a much different outcome. That one took place almost completely on, on the other side of the country. Ah, you're talking about the New Life Church in Colorado. I think we briefly talked about this in one of the first episodes we did. Yeah, that was Matthew Murray walked onto the church property one morning in December of that year. He was intent on killing as many innocent victims as he could. He shot and killed two sisters in the parking lot, and then he entered the building with a thousand rounds of ammunition strapped to him and several firearms. Thankfully, that's where the killing ended, because once he entered the church, he was met by a woman with a gun. Jean Assam shot him repeatedly until he fell incapacitated, and then he took his own life. And by the way, no innocent bystanders were shot and killed inside the New Life Church. That's that's definitely one of those miraculous moments that the media is never going to talk about. Yeah, and really, and here herein lies the second irony. The killer at the New Life Church had much more firepower than did the killer at Virginia Tech, and yet far fewer people died. 32 people were killed at Virginia Tech. Only two were murdered at the church in Colorado. And of course, what was the big difference? Well, in Colorado, one of the potential victims fired back. I mean, that's really the only difference. One of the potential victims had a gun, critically wounds the attacker, 
And because there's bullets flying back at him, the assault was cut short. I mean, really, there are a lot of attempted mass shootings like this that are stopped in their tracks. But, you know, really, you rarely hear about these reported in the media. Speaking of the fake news media, there's something that I want to go ahead and give a brief mention to, because at the end of the day, this is where the important, you know, thing is. Over the years, Gun Owners of America has heard from congressmen and senators alike who tell us that they read our materials and listen to us in the media. Obviously, they also see up close and personal our work on Capitol Hill. So take Senator Tom Coburn. He was very thankful for the way GOA assisted him in forcing a repeal of the National Park's gun ban when Obama was president. You know, the the number one gun salesman during those years. And (laughs) after helping Senator Coburn achieve this great victory, the Oklahoma senator said that Gun Owners of America, and there's a quote, Gun Owners of America is the real gun lobby in D.C. Likewise, my personal favorite, former Representative Ron Paul said GOA is the only only no compromise gun lobby in Washington. So realize this, your GOA membership actually makes a world of difference in protecting our second amendment rights. Go to gunowners.org. That's gunowners.org and become part of the no compromise movement today. So Eric, you were about to tell us about the big irony surrounding Mrs. B. That's right. So you have Mrs. B and Joseph. They're debating the Colorado shooting. And Joseph says, One person saved hundreds of lives. That's the difference a gun can make. And Mrs. B has a conniption. I mean, she says that's the most inane statement she's ever heard. She can't believe what she's hearing. Which is the amazing thing to say. A woman has just saved hundreds of lives with a gun. But through the prism and mental gymnastics of her anti-gun worldview, Mrs. B can't even take a step back and say, huh, She saved many, many lives. Well, and therein lies the final irony. A crazed anti-gunner like Mrs. B can't stand the thought that a potential victim used a gun to stop a mass murder because she hates guns. She doesn't want to have anything to do with them. But then get this, one year later, almost to the day, Mrs. B was waiting for a cab outside the Ritz-Carlton in Washington, D.C. No doubt she felt safe because she lived in a town where concealed carry was banned. But you know what? Criminals don't obey laws against murder, rape, gun carrying, or robbery for that matter. So, you know, she's waiting there for her cab. Well, a guy steps out of the shadows and she's mugged. I mean, she didn't have much money to hand over. And thankfully, you know, she wasn't hurt. But That's good. Yeah. She later admitted the whole episode terrified her. And who can blame her? Of course it terrified her. I mean, that's a scary moment. That would terrify anyone. But the outcome didn't have to end that way. You know, there's a former CNN reporter, Lynn Russell. She also was traveling like Mrs. B. And she was at a motel with her husband when she was held up at gunpoint after getting something out of the car. But she, that was a gun-free zone, Eric. <laughs> right, right. Gun-free zone. Well, here's the deal. She was returning to her room when the intruder shoves his way back into the room and demands money. It just so happens that at that point, her husband was coming out of the shower and seeing what was happening. He grabbed their pistol and, you know, there was a brief firefight. The bad guy was shot uh, and killed. Well, He made his way out to the parking lot and was found there, and he died at the hospital. Yeah. But this was classic case of guns saving lives. In fact, so simple to understand, 
even a former CNN reporter could grasp it. Bam! <laughs> Lynn Russell and her husband used a gun in self-defense against an armed thug, and they're alive today with all their money intact, by the way. But apparently, Mrs. B doesn't grasp the irony of her situation. She's a hardcore anti-gunner. She's mugged in a city that is famous for its gun control laws, and, and she's still stuck on stupid. There's st she, she's still as anti-gun as ever. So Mrs. B sat there next to Joseph discussing the morning's events, including the fact that she'd been mugged. And, you know, by now the fear was gone. The mugger had left with only six of her dollars. Uh, Mrs. B, actually, she was more embarrassed than anything else. And she actually wished that Joseph, who actually today is her fiancé, would not have brought up the matter, but he did. And to her chagrin, he mentioned it to hundreds of thousands of people. That's the great start to a potential marriage. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, you see, Joseph, or Joe Scarborough, oh, yeah, the okay. host of a daytime talk show, MSNBC, he thought their listeners would find the story interesting. But as for Mrs. B... <laughs> or Mika Brzezinski. Yeah, she's been his co-host for many, many years. She didn't want any part of it. She just wished that Joe would have dropped the story. My narrative, my whole worldview, no. Truth be told, Mika Brzezinski is lucky. She she prefers to live her life as a, a sheep, or as Alex Jones would say, wake up, sheeple, hoping that the wolves would never come near her. I mean, she, hasn't she lived in a safe community? Actually, she does. She lives in a $2 million home in New York where violent crime is 33% below the national average. So... You know, not everybody can afford to live in such a safe space, right? Now, Gina Sum, on the other hand, she refuses to be a sheep, and she's ready to shoot the wolves that would injure her or anyone else that she cares about. That's, I think that's the best place to go ahead and end off this episode. What do you say, Eric? Let's do it. Folks, thank you again. Go ahead and help us out. Join today to help defend the right for your Second Amendment freedoms at gunowners.org. And while you're at it, support Firing Back. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Helps us trend, helps us get the message out there, and helps us possibly, potentially, save one life. As they always say, we could always do something. This is the very easy something you could, you could do. I mean, it just takes two seconds. I actually know. I, I, I rated and reviewed the show the other day. Took literally less than a minute. But before we go, I want to give a special thank you once again to Wilson Combat, the leading innovator in high-performance custom 1911s, AR-15 scatter guns, and accessories. Go to WilsonCombat.com. That's WilsonCombat.com to order your own customized, hand-built firearm from a selection of many sizes and calibers. You're listening to Firing Back, brought to you by Gun Owners of America, the only no-compromise gun lobby in D.C.